This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. As always, those DMs are open. So if you got a DM, drop it in uh, the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's questions, topics you want covered. But uh, let's kind of hit the ground running. We're going to be talking a little bit about love languages, but more importantly, how to translate them. Um, So here's the deal. Remember this love language concept. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is it came into my practice uh, a couple times and someone was asking me a question about it in my DMs. And I thought, all right, let's cover this. You know, the whole concept of love languages was a way to really put focus on us understanding how our partners most feel cared for. And a lot of us are more, um, more aware, sensitive to what we need, but not really so aware of what our partners need. So the whole concept is to remind us to pay attention to how we're expressing it so that our partners feel cared for. Um, And again, remember, for those that are single or have this nailed, this is also something that applies to friends, loved ones, family members. How do the people in our lives that are important to us, how do they most feel cared for by us? Um, it's really about presence. It's about, when I say presence, not um, gifts, but your your way of being with them, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, presence, how you're showing up, the way you're occupying space, the attention you're giving, the validation. But I thought it'd be smart to go through some of the different love languages and look at what are the ways that we can really engage them on that level. Now, although the originator of this concept breaks it down into five main things, five main categories, physical touch, uh, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and words of affirmation, those are not the end-all be-all. There are far more. Some people are more erotic in their love language where eroticism and affection is more important to them. Other people, it's intellectual engagement and conversation. Um, there's so many different ways. So you have to sometimes think outside of these boxes and sometimes you have to translate these things a little bit. So we're going to break down some of the more non-traditional ways to hit these points. So we're assessing ourselves and other people. Again, are we providing this, but then also are we aware of what maybe we need? And that's a way that, you know, some people can really work through feeling disconnected or not uh, feeling validated or seen. Cause again, that's really what it's about saying, I know you, I see you, I care about you and really, really, really leaning into that. Um, so that was my first point. And then again, my other point is <clears throat> remember that these aren't hard lined things. We all need a little more, uh, relational, emotional, and psychological flexibility. So it can't just be, this is the only way I feel loved. And I need you to do this all the time. These are not things that are necessarily going to be able to be sprinkled throughout our entire day or every day. We are, you know, humans with other goals and other intentions and other responsibilities. So this isn't a, a demand for this to be consistent, but this is a way to help our partner better understand who we are and what they can maybe do at times to really make us feel seen and cared for. So again, these aren't rigid. We need to be flexible with these. We all have way more than one love language. There might be one that we prefer, but we not only want to understand how we most feel loved, but we also want to be open to maybe how our partner expresses it, which might be very distinct from what we prefer or are most confident in, but we want to be able to feel cared for in a multitude of ways. We don't want to be a one trick pony in terms of how we feel loved. So we can ask for it in the ways that are most meaningful to us. But like I said, we want to be sensitive to also how it's expressed to us because that's also honest. And we also want that to land. So, um, 
let's start with acts of service. So if you are friends with someone or in a relationship with someone who acts of service seems to be something that is um, a way that they feel cared for, uh, for them, it's going to be more about demonstrating love versus just saying it. Some people just want to say, hey, I love you. Or they'll say things like, don't you know that I love you? Or of course you know that I love you. But if that person really thrives or feels most cared for when it's demonstrated, when it's shown, when it's behavioral, just make sure that you are finding opportunities throughout the course of a general day or the course of a week to really be stepping into that to really be making sure you're challenging yourself to create or define those moments when it makes sense to demonstrate some form of service to let your partner feel cared for. Um, another way that that's important is looking for small ways to participate in activities that are important to them, or even finding ways to participate in activities that they maybe traditionally do. If you see your partner grocery shopping, uh, doing the laundry, um, working on an art project, maybe even doing something for work, is there a way that you can step into that and help them? Is there a way that you can be of service and support them in whatever this process is, work-wise, leisure-wise, hobby-wise? Because that's a really beautiful way to let them know, I, I see that this is important to you, and if it's important to you, then it's important to me. Because that's what it's about. It's about a demonstration of love. So find those moments. Um, there's more moments than we realize. They don't always have to be these big, profound moments. Oftentimes, it's the small things. Like I said, grocery shopping, doing the laundry, and you sit with them. You do it with them. You do it for them. It's, it's about demonstration. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back, keep talking about love languages, what they really are, and also ways to apply them. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, y'all. We are back. Talking about love languages, holding it loosely, seeing it as something that requires and needs a little flexibility. We don't want to be um, overly rigid. We want to be able to have a diverse set of ways that we can express love and feel loved. With anything, whether we're talking about coping mechanisms, uh, self-care activities, whatever it even is, forms of leisure, hobbies, we want to have a wealth of things. That's why we say things like, yeah, sometimes you're going to eat your emotions. It's okay sometimes. It's okay to sometimes want to just distract away, numb out, but we want to have other ways of dealing with things because if we're over-relying upon one form of coping or self-care or love language, it's going to be to our detriment. The world's bigger than that. We are bigger than that. It's even like when I talk about sexual orientation, it's far bigger than just gender choice. It's the people, places, things, sounds, smells, scenarios, all these different things that are part of who you are erotically are also part of who we are romantically. So never let yourself off the hook by saying, this is the only way I feel loved. And this is the only way you can do it. We both, again, want to understand how we prefer it. It's a preference, but we want to have a little bit more expansion around how we can receive it 
and we do want to know how people express it. But we're talking about acts of service uh, primarily right now. And again, that's about showing and demonstrating. And a beautiful way to do that is to participate meaningfully in something that your partner does. And I, like I was saying, it can be very simple. If they're involved in an art project or home repair or they're cooking, uh, help them. Do it for them. Do it with them. Ask them if there's anything that they need. Maybe run an errand for them. Um, but it's about showing, not about just telling. It's not just about saying, oh, I really see how much that brings you joy. I'm really glad you have that. They really want that participation. Um, so what you don't want to do is ignore <laughs> requests for participation or you know, help. Um, you do want to make sure you follow through because this is someone where behaviors and, and, and actions really mean the most to them. And you don't want to um, get hung up on your comfort zone because it's, it's almost like what I, well, it's not almost like it's, it's exactly what, like what I say about love in general and even monogamy. Uh, love is a verb. It's an action. Love isn't something that we necessarily just have. It's a, it's a system that we're, we're participating in. Um, we're demonstrating love or we're not. And I think monogamy is also like that, where when things are easy, great, but when we have opportunities or when it's most difficult, that's when we're really honoring that commitment. That's when we're honoring commitment in general is when the relationship's hard and we stay. When we have opportunities um, to step outside of our monogamy commitment, but we don't. When we're maybe tired but we engage in an act of service because it's important to our partner. Like that's a really profound, beautiful demonstration of love, trust, and commitment is when we extend ourselves. Um, oftentimes best demonstrated when it puts us out, but our partner's joy means more or them feeling cared for means more. So there is a selflessness in um, this acts of service. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing for us to all get familiar with is selflessness. And again, I think we best show care and love to a friend, a family member, someone we're in a relationship with when it puts us out or it's hard for us. It's kind of like what I say about boundaries. You know you're really setting boundaries when it disappoints or frustrates the other person. Um, that's when a boundary is really best demonstrated. So we have to allow ourselves to do it in those moments. If you're always doing it when it's easy, it's still a boundary. Um, but you're not really practicing the skill so as to apply it when it's most needed. Because when it's easy, it's not as needed. Um, so acts of service kind of fall under that as well. So just really try to find ways to extend yourself. But again, it's really about participation. It's about help. It's about aid. It's, it's letting them know behaviorally. Um, here's another one. Another love language is uh, receiving gifts, receiving objects. It's a clunky one because at least for me, sometimes I see it bumping into materialism and consumerism, um, a little bit of classism in there where people will say, well, my love language is receiving gifts. And so I like nice ones. And so I have to be with someone who will spend a lot of money, money on me. How much was that engagement ring? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about maybe liking to be shown that you're thought of by someone having gotten you something. But when we step into this evaluation process of its worth based on its money, we have left love language and we really are moving into materialism. And we really are misusing this concept because love is demonstrated by thought and intention and care, not by how much money is spent on something. So I just want to kind of call that out. That's my disclaimer. Um, it's not about money spent. That is some other pathological element that I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the demonstration of I was thinking about you or I saw something that made me think of you or I saw something that I know you would like and I got it for you. But if you're hung up on how much money was spent, well, that's a very dehumanizing thing and you're missing the point, which was that you were thought of and that they took time to do something for you. And that's what's meaningful. It can't be about the price tag. And I often see it being about that. And I see those horrible posts that I've talked about on the show where people are mocking the size of someone's engagement ring or other gifts, saying, if my man only spent that much money, dot, dot, dot. Well, you're moving into a different arena. That's not love language anymore. Um, so if you are with someone, the first thing you want to think about with this gift giving is thoughtfulness. That's usually how gift, good gift givers operate is they really pay attention or think about who this person is that they're getting something for. And they try to find something that communicates, not only am I caring about you as evidenced by having gotten something for you, but the thoughtfulness of what I got you, the personalization 
the specificity of what I got you really shows the care because I took time to think about who you are. I've paid attention to what you shared with me about what's interesting to you. Um, and that's like that added layer that means more. It's not just about saying, here, I got you something. It was quick, it was easy, and it makes no sense for who you are. That isn't powerful, that's not impactful. Although there's kindness in that. But when it's something that really says, I see you and I know who you are, that is when it's really meaningful and enhancing. So make it count. Uh, we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna keep talking about love languages and how to really apply them. Because I think that this can be something that can really help bring some energy back into relationship. And then we'll be doing some DMs. So stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about love languages. Such an interesting concept, but something that I think is misunderstood and often misused because in theory, we all have the ability to feel loved in various ways. And I do want us to all be able to feel loved and receive love in various ways. And the love language concept is just about reminding us of some of the ways we can do that, helping us really identify what we prefer, but it's a preference. <laughs> Right? Anytime someone does something thoughtful or loving, I want that to be able to be impactful. And we were talking earlier about acts of service, which is about just kind of putting yourself out for someone else, participating in something with them, instead of just saying love or expecting them to understand that, to really do things that demonstrate that. So it's very behavioral, it's very action oriented. Um, pick them up something on the way home can be an act of service, but bigger than that, it's really about participating in something that's meaningful to them. Uh, receiving gifts is where we kind of left off before the break. And I was saying that we want to be careful to not get into materialism, consumerism, and classism because it's not about the money spent. And if that's what's meaningful for you, you have a lot of work to do because you're really reducing down what is care and what is love to a price tag. And that isn't how love is best shown by making someone spend more than they're comfortable spending. Um, you're going to have a really rough relationship if that's how you see love and care. Receiving gifts as a love language is really just about saying, I love it when someone has surprised me in a spontaneous way by demonstrating that they were thinking about me. And when it's very personal, it lets me know that they really know who I am or they've spent time to think about what would make me happy. That's what we're talking about. And usually it's not about spending a lot. In those qualities and attributes that are most important, you noticed it was just about the thoughtfulness and the intention. It's not about how large it is, how grand it is, or how expensive it is. It's quite the opposite of that. I think those are the easier things. Um, so it's about the thoughtfulness. It's about maybe being somewhere on your own or away and getting something for them because it tells them even while not with you or even while away, you were still on my mind or you were still important to me or I wanted to still carve out time while I was traveling to get you something. My heart hurts when I hear stories. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, at Disneyland with a bunch of friends shocking to some i think that could be a very fun place as an adult which again very bizarre to me that there's some people that think adults shouldn't be able to go to disneyland and there's a whole weird world about mocking and pathologizing that that's very bizarre to me but we were at disneyland and i was with a friend of mine who's in a relationship with someone and she was saying uh i want to get my girlfriend a gift but i have a lot of anxiety because she will get very upset if a gift i get her is not something she likes or enjoys and i thought wow what a misuse of gift giving because gift giving isn't something we should feel compelled to do it shouldn't be anything we have pressure to do it should be something we choose to do because we want to let this person know we cared about them and just that in itself should be the most meaningful thing it shouldn't even matter what it is and then if it happens to be something very personal, what an added beautiful layer. But it shouldn't be a demand or an expectation. And in fact, it's a red flag if people are operating that way. I would say, oh, I don't know if that person's healthy enough in this domain. But my friend was very anxious and was finding things that she thought were thoughtful and cute, but was saying, I don't think she would like that and she'd get mad if I got her that. And I thought, again, it hurts my heart that we're taking time out of our fun day together to be getting someone a gift, which we don't need to do, but that's very thoughtful, and that we're ruining hours of our time, and my friend is in distress because her partner isn't mature enough to just be thankful to be thought of, and is going to really make the value of their love rooted in how personalized that gift was. Now remember, in my example, we're at Disneyland. You are very limited in what you can even get someone. It is very hard to figure out which 
you know, Mickey Mouse mug is going to be a little more personal and make a little more sense to this person. Dear God, all you can get is, you know, bunny ear hats, mugs, candy, and t-shirts. Like, we're very limited and we shouldn't feel the need to even get them anything. But what a thoughtful thing that you were trying to do. That is not what, you know what I mean? That's such a misuse of all of this. Um, but for those that aren't in those um, emotionally abusive relationships, it's the thoughtfulness that should count. And I want you to really seek to make that meaningful. Um, also something that maybe symbolizes something. Small reminders. Um, again, just being intentional. Like those are the qualities that I want everyone to find meaning and value in. And so what does that mean? Well, it means special occasions. Think about doing something that honors that occasion. Um, really move away from caring about the cost. And I think if you're with someone who does care about the cost, which is you know kind of gross to me, don't buy into that or feed that. Don't meet them at that level. Buy them things that aren't costly so as to force them to find love and meaning in the intention. You don't have to meet them where they're at. Hear me say that. It's okay for you to operate from your ethics and your value system. And if you don't agree with that or believe in that, don't participate in that. Say, I got you this because this meant something to me. And if that's something that they reject, they're telling you about their mental health and their value system. But you don't need to participate in that and feel trapped in that and say that I need to do that to make them happy. It's okay for you to operate from a different ethic than that. Um, don't do it out of duty. That kind of wipes away some of that. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. We're going to do some DMs, and then we're going to come back talking about love languages. Past episodes of Love Line, you can go back and listen, binge, post, reshare. Um, we are channelq.com is where you want to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs always come from our Loveline IG page, so we've got a question or topic, drop it in there. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, the other day, my friend called me annoyingly positive. Now, if you're going to get called anything by one of your friends, that's the thing to get called. <laughs> too positive, too positive to an extent where it annoys us, but I get it. And it kind of stuck with me, you said. Anytime something happens, I try to see the positive in it. Like, for example, my friend said she was feeling a little depressed. My response was to pick her back up. My response was to pick herself back up and go do something to get your mind off it because nothing lasts forever. I'm the one in our group people come to to feel better, which I love. But, it's, but if it's annoying to be positive, then what do I do? Just agree with their sadness and let go. Uh, I appreciate the uh, care that is in you and your outlook and your intention and even your questions. So there's a lot in here. I like that you are listening to your friends share with you how you impact them. Healthy people don't say things like, that's just how I am. No, that's not. We're, we have flexibility. And a lot of quote unquote how we are is the result of bad socialization, bad training and some trauma. And I don't want people to just be like, that's how I am. That is not a safe person to be in a relationship with. Healthy people are always open to hearing from those they're in relationship with socially, familially, romantically, how they're impacting them. Like I say all the time, I want couples to sit down and say, how has our relationship been the past couple months? Is there anything we need to change? What kind of partner have I been? I want people to ask themselves that all the time. Because remember, we impact everyone we're in relationship with. We do, and they impact us. And so we always do want to say, what kind of friend am I being? What kind of son am I being? What kind of you know um, lover am I being? I want us to think in those terms. Our mental health is relational health. And so the best way to assess how we're doing mentally is the quality of the relationships we're in. And if you're having chronic relational issues where you and your friends are always fighting, people are always upset with you, your mental health is not great and you need to work on it. So know that. Number two, most people, when they share how they're feeling, especially their struggles, I'm depressed, I'm sad, they often don't want solutions. And that's kind of what you're doing when you say things like, pick yourself up, go do something to get your mind off it. You're, you're actually doing what we call emotional bypassing. You're not meeting them where they at, and you're also not providing what they need. And you're bypassing that because feelings make you uncomfortable, ones that aren't positive, 
And you're basically saying, I can't handle anything that I deem to be negative. I can't handle sitting and sharing and listening to depression or anxiety. So just feel better. Just feel better. Here, take tissue. Stop crying. Go do something. That's that's dismissive. It feels very dismissive. Most people, again, I'm going to repeat this, don't want solutions when they're sharing what they're going through emotionally. They just want someone to be present. So again, when someone says, oh, I have to go see my you know best friend in the hospital. What do I say? What do I say? I say nothing. They don't need solutions. Just be present. I always quote one of the scenes from a movie I think is so beautiful, Lars and the Real Girl, where Lars loses his girlfriend. Longer story as to what that is and what that means. Those that have seen the movie are like, ah, yes, there's more to it than that. However, the women of the town say, someone said something like, well, what do we do? And the woman so beautifully said, we just sit. We just sit with him. We let him know he's not alone in this. So that's what I want you to do. Don't give solutions. Don't try to make them feel better. Sit in it with them. Just say, tell me more, listen, hold space. Uh, Toxic positivity is what it really is, which means I won't allow anyone to be around me feeling anything negative. And so I dismiss it and I shame it and I bypass and I just want them to let it go. Well, that's all that actually says a lot about you that you can't contain negative emotions. And that's probably due to how you were raised, but you need to learn to, and that's what they need from you. They don't want solutions. And when in doubt, ask them, do you want me to just sit and listen or do you want me to help you find solutions? When in doubt, maybe at least ask that. But rarely do they want or need solutions. Most of us know what we need to do. But depression isn't something I want people to be scared of or frustration or loneliness or sadness. I want us to learn how to allow it, sit with it, talk about it. Sadness isn't badness or brokenness. It doesn't need to be fixed. That's the problem in our culture. We feel sad or depressed and we're like, give me a pill, I need to feel better, I need to do something. No. That is life. We need to learn how to sit with it, how to allow it and not be afraid of it. So be a better friend and create the space for them to just be where they're at. And they're telling you they need that. And if you can't provide that, they're going to stop turning to you, at least with their feelings, if not more so beyond that. So stop being afraid of difficult emotions. Learn how to sit with them and sit with others in them. That's what they're looking for. So Work on that. It'll be good for you. Um, all right, y'all. That is the DM. If you got a DM, like I said, drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back and we're talking about love languages. Something that's misunderstood often misused and we use it against ourselves, our partners and our relationships. Again, it's something that needs flexibility. We need, we have, we can feel loved in all these ways. No one is just that way and that way only. And if you think that you need to work on expanding that because love languages are about what's maybe most comfortable or most familiar or what we prefer, but it's not saying this and only this do it this way. We have to take into account both people at all times. We want to let our partner know how we feel loved, but we also want to be able to receive love in the ways that they demonstrate it. We want it to be both. Otherwise we're undermining, we're missing out on all these beautiful moments. We were talking about uh, acts of service, which again is about behavioral demonstrations. It's not about assuming or telling, it's really about showing. And we show by participating in something that's important to them or trying to engage them around something or help them with something. Hey, I know you're working on that art project. Can I help? Can I watch? Share with me what that means. That's, That's an act of service, believe it or not. Or saying, you know, do you need me to run out and get you anything? Looking for small ways to help and to support and to be a part of. Uh, For some family members that are very overloaded, maybe it's doing some of the chores that you normally wouldn't do or aren't for you to do, but you do because you want them to have a lighter day, a lighter week, or just want them to feel cared for. Uh, But it's not about ignoring requests for help, and it's not about not following through. That kind of undoes that. Then we were talking about receiving gifts, and I was saying just be thoughtful to step outside the materialism because that's not what it's about. That's something secondary. This is really just about taking spontaneous, thoughtful moments to express I was thinking about you, or I was away, but you were still with me symbolically, and I got you this. Um, Or I just got you this small token to let you know I care about you and to brighten your day. So it's about small, simple things that are reminders and symbolic. It's about also being intentional. Maybe on certain holidays, Valentine's Day, Christmas, or a birthday, or Hanukkah, whatever it is, where you decide I'm going to use this special cultural or social moment to honor this person that I'm in a relationship with. Um, But again, what undoes that is forgetting special occasions or focusing on the cost. Um, we're then misusing and that's ego and that's about performance. Um, and we're trying to get away from that. We're living in authenticity. Someone you care about thought enough to get you something, say, thank you, be complimented. It's not about the money or the price tag. And if that is what it is for you, then you're misunderstanding what love and care are. 
Um, and also I was sharing a story, don't do things out of duty. That doesn't feel good to anyone and, and, and try to break relational habits where you feel compelled to do these things, maybe because you always have or whatnot. And now we're moving on to uh, quality time. I think quality time's a really beautiful one because again, it's about putting ourselves out. It's about putting someone else first. It's about, you know, I, I, I was saying earlier in the show that love um, is best demonstrated when it puts us out. You know, just like monogamy, you know, when it really counts is when it means the most. That's what commitment really is. It's really hard, but I'm doing it anyway. You know, I put you first. Quality time is that. Uh, quality time is how you show up when you're with them. Quality time is also carving out time in your busy schedule to go do something with them, especially when it's busy. That's when it means even more. It's about putting your phone down, leaving your phone behind, really being with them, engaging them powerfully, creating small moments, um, not rushing here and there, but letting maybe the drive to the supermarket be a meaningful moment to check in with each other, to hold hands, to do something thoughtful. Um, coming home from work and instead of just getting right into food and television, sitting in silence and saying, how was your day? Tell me what happened today. Following up, asking questions, tracking. I tell clients that struggle with intimacy to do that. Ask questions about elements of their life. Then follow up on those pieces. Track it. How did that go? What wound up happening when you dot, 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 right? That's how we let people really know that we're participating. That's both an act of service, but it also bleeds into quality time. Hey, sit here and tell me how that went. Or let me turn off the television so I can hear about your day because you just got home. Or, hey, I'm finishing up this conversation on my phone when I'm done texting. I'm going to put it down. Let's go for a walk. That's how easy quality time is. Just sitting with them, making eye contact, touch, time together. Those are the three qualities. Eye contact, quality touch, and time together. No distractions, no computer, no television, no phone. Just sitting with them. Some people do that when they crawl into bed. Some people do that early in the morning. But it's about creating these small moments where there's no distractions. And it's just about you and your partner. And sometimes it's about taking those out into the world, going for a hike. You can even do it while running errands. You know what I mean? Let's stay off our phones and let's you know, spend that time talking to each other about what's going on in our minds. So what undoes that and what is the opposite of that would be, like I said, the intimacy blockers and distractions. Complaining or misusing this this sacred special bonding time to air grievances, complaints, or criticisms. That's not what that moment is about, quality time. That can be a relational check-in that you do later in the week. But quality time should be about none of those negative pieces. Um, and maybe that quality time is spent planning for future moments. <clears throat> but it's, again, it's about prioritizing you and your partner in the relationship. And again, as I said, these love languages apply to friends, family members. These are things that everyone desires from people that they're in relationships with of all kinds. So ask yourself, am I doing this with friends? Am I doing this with family members? And if not, how can I start to bring these in? Because again, this applies for everyone, even in platonic ways. All right, we got to take a little break. We'll be back. We'll keep talking about love languages. And then we're going to slide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line IG page. Questions you got? Topics you want covered, we're here to help. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we will be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about love languages tonight. But again, we are really expanding this. As always, my topics are applicable to all relationships. This is not just for people that are in committed romantic relationships. This is also excuse me, what did I just drink? Coffee. Um, this is also applicable to friendships, believe it or not, platonic relationships, family members. Again, we're really talking about understanding different ways to express love and care, but more importantly, looking at how do the people that are important to us most feel cared for? And then also, how do we most feel cared for? And we were talking about acts of service, really uh, behaviorally showing up and engagement. Uh, we were talking about the... Uh, often controversial or triggering receiving of gifts and how to kind of separate that out from materialism. Um, and again, the caveat to this is always, these are not firm, static, rigid things. We want to have a wealth of ways to express and to receive love. I will always challenge someone who picks one and says, that is it, that's the only way I feel loved. It is just words of affirmation and nothing else. It's like, well, that's not true. We always need psychological flexibility. So, you know, bring that in. Um, but we were kind of talking, I believe, before we took a break for the DMs on uh, quality time. I tell everyone, quality time is similar to the definition I give people for intimacy. It's about eye contact, time together, and touch. 
And quality time implies physical and emotional availability, meaning we don't have our common intimacy blockers getting in the way or in any way folded into. I want families to go out for dinner or to have dinner time where TV's off, computers are closed, headphones are off, phones are down, because we need to be able to make eye contact. It's all about shared experience. That's why there's a big difference between sitting on the couch watching a movie with someone versus sitting on the couch with someone and you're both on your phones. Both on your phones is not a shared experience. You are in physical proximity, but you are definitely focused on very different things and you are not easily able to just connect or to process or share or you know be a part of what each other's witnessing or experiencing on your phones. But a television is the opposite. We are having a shared experience. We are both in the same moment with each other and we can reach for each other, we can comment to each other, we can make very easy bids for each other's attention. Remember that. I, I shared this on the show a very long time ago, I think. And it was so powerful for me. And it's a little disconnected. It's a little connected. I was talking about a, a, a first date, essentially, that I had gone on. And we went to see art, which is, for me, a very powerful expression of who I am and what's important to me. And it's also a way to have a shared experience. Um, let's be in that room together. Let's be talking about what we're feeling and what we're seeing at the same time. And my date was constantly looking down and doing things on their phone. And I thought, I don't feel close. I don't feel intimate, but more importantly, I don't feel cared for. I don't feel important. And that's part of the love language concept is prioritizing other people. And the way we do that is by centering and prioritizing them. And so it's about that mental and emotional presence. There's so many ways to do quality time. It is just about, hear that, hear that said again, shared experience. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't have to be a movie. It doesn't have to be Disneyland. It can just be holding hands and going for a walk. It can be running errands together. It can be cooking together. It can be cleaning the house together. But you're, you're in it together. You're accessible to each other. You can comment. You can talk. It's uninterrupted time. And that's why like more and more I have to keep bringing in cell phone examples because I can't tell you how many times a week couples are complaining about not feeling prioritized or cared for and this sense of absence because their partner's always buried in their phone. So that's a huge one. But again, quality time for those that this is important to them, it's about creating these little moments. And notice that they're not expensive. They don't have to be grand gestures. It's just about the quality of presence. So what you want to, again, what you want to avoid in that is distractions, um, complaining about that, uh, focusing on other things while with, just be grounded in that space with them. Um, that's probably one of the ones that people struggle with the most. The next one is words of affirmation, which tends to be really hard for some and very simple for others. Not everyone was raised in a family or has been socialized around friends and other people where they were really good at being transparent and expressing because that's what words of affirmation and compliments and gratitude expressing are really about feeling vulnerable. And when you're thinking something about someone, putting it into words, but if you weren't raised in an environment where that was normalized and that was practiced and you received it and you were able to practice giving it, it's very hard. It can feel again, a little too vulnerable. It can be a little overwhelming. We are so good in vocalizing critiques and conflict often, but we definitely need to get better and try to catch our partners or people we care about doing things that makes us feel gratitude for them or makes us feel cared for or even just some level of maybe excellence or exceptionality. And we wanna, we wanna speak to that more. I know I've been doing this very well and so I realized how hard it was at first. I can speak to this personally, but I, I realized a while back I wanted to be more emotionally available with my friends and I started to tell them I loved them when I got off the phone with them. I also wanted to start to be more affirming and if they had a success at work or some in some other area of their life, I wanted to be someone who's very celebratory. Hey, congratulations, I know that blah, blah, blah happened or I'm really proud of you. I know how hard you worked to you know get that promotion or whatever it was. Get more comfortable, more familiar giving praise and giving gratitude, especially, especially if you're in a relationship that doesn't have a lot of that. What you don't want to do is further dig your heels in that. You want to actually be more solution focused and say, if I want a relationship that has more gratitude expressed or more care or more compliments, I'm going to start giving them. And in me giving them, I'm starting to normalize that. 
just letting your partner hear more compliments being given does start to make them familiar with the idea of receiving them. And then that helps them learn that that's something they can also do back. I promise you, it works like that. It's a system. We just have to be thoughtful about what we're creating or what we're not creating. And usually whatever it is we're complaining about not having in our relationship, we can start bringing it in. If you want a more romantic relationship, don't keep complaining to your partner about a lack of romance. Start creating more romance. Start asking them out on dates. Start creating more romantic moments. You start to lead that charge and bring that in. We're going to take a little break and we're going to keep talking about this. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're wrapping up our discussion about love languages, you know, talking about how we can all engage in all of these, talk about how we all should learn how to receive all these as ways to feel loved and cared for. That is psychological flexibility, right? Expanding, pushing on our edges. And before the break, we were kind of uh, talking a little bit about words of affirmation. So that's about expressing gratitude, expressing care, catching yourself thinking fondly or positively of your friend, loved one, family member, and then putting that into words. Um, what's really great, if we wanna use and harness technology in positive ways, is that makes it so easy and so readily accessible. We can leave little notes, but we can also text little messages, thinking about you, on my mind, hope today goes well, super proud of you today, happy birthday, love you. Really, really easy, it takes seconds. That's how we can affirm the people that are important to us. Um, I always say, when I talk about couples finding daily ways to uh, stay in the courtship cycle and daily acts of love and care, and more importantly, daily acts of romance, um, sending and sharing pictures of, of the two of you that you stumbled upon, or a photo of something that you've done together that made you think of them. Sending a playlist, sending a song, uh, sending compliments, sending words of praise. It's very, very, very simple, but we have to get in the habit of remembering to do it, but also being vulnerable, because it's a vulnerability to express that kind of acknowledgement for some of us. Um, we don't wanna do the opposite, which is, well, they know that I love them. That misses the entire point. Because even if they do know, why not still allow the both of you to celebrate it? There's something about the celebratory piece of it that makes it more meaningful and impactful than just, you know that I love you. What a lazy, cheap way of being someone's partner or friend or family member. We don't wanna rely on mind reading. That's not meaningful. Um, so, so really think about that. Try to, try to catch yourself acknowledging it in your mind and then say, let me verbalize that somehow or let me text that. Um, and then finally, you know, the other love languages, touch. And we talk often about physical touch, but you know, that also includes affection, romance, eroticism. And there's so many ways to do that. Just holding your partner's hand whenever you have access to them. If you're ever near them, maybe choosing to lean on them, put your arm around them. It's just capitalizing on, and sometimes, fully creating those meaningful moments. If you're sitting across the couch from them, what if you put your feet on them or put their feet on you? What if you went over and snuggled up to them? What if when driving you held their hand? What if when walking on the street you held their hand? You know, what if you practice finding moments to give them a kiss? Like those are the meaningful moments that are spontaneous, that they're not expected. There's so many ways to do that. Just find those moments that you can initiate it. Start building it in. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be. It can be sensual. It can also just be affection. Um, but what we don't want to do is let long periods of time go without that. Even with our friends, we can give them hugs hello, hugs goodbye. Um, touch is important for all of us. Um, you know, I, I know that we tend to really reserve that for those that we're in a romantic dynamic with, but all of our different relationships could be benefited from that. So don't allow a lot, don't allow a lot of time to go by. Um, and don't always wait for them to create what it is you want. We always have the ability to make our behavior towards the solution, more solution focused versus sitting back and feeling victimized by what lacks, hoping that they'll do what we won't even do. That's the kick is partners in my office will complain about what their partner won't do, but they themselves are also not able or willing to really step into that solution. So that's why the love languages is helpful because it helps us really create these different domains, which become solutions and entry points for us to start kind of building the kind of relationship we want, because that's the beauty of all this is these there are things that we might not have been doing, but we can start to do. There's so much flexibility in all of this uh, because remember intimacy is not just about sex. Um, or even foreplay. Intimacy is built with intellectual dialogue, 
sharing your thoughts and what you're thinking about. Hey, I had an interesting thought today. And you process it with them or in front of them. Um, it's also taking anxieties or fears you have to them. Let them be a part of that. Uh, creating new passions and hobbies together. Uh, the touch stuff we talked about, sharing values, um, having difficult conversations. Those are all like really, really, really beautiful and powerful ways that we can start to kind of bring in these love languages because I think we look at it too simply, too on the nose, um, too literal. There's such a wealth of ways to do this. Um, so that's why I kind of walk through all of them. Look at what feels best for you, but also look at what's lacking, what's missing. All of these things help to build more robust relationships because essentially everything we're doing is either moving towards or moving away from. We always want to kind of be moving towards and the holiday time is here. And so what a beautiful gift to decide to give yourself and the people around you that you care about. I mean, the most powerful gifts tend to be the ones that are, you know, costless. And that's what I love about the love languages is none of them have to be, you know, rooted in spending any money. In fact, the, you know, the important ones are quite the opposite. So, um, we're going to take a little break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to slide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, something you want us to circle back and drop deeper into, love to hear from you. DMs on our Loveline IG page, and past episodes of Loveline. Over at wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. All those good gems are back there because it's all about the practice. We have to start practicing being our better selves. Um, that's the beautiful thing about plasticity. We're always changeable. So stick around, more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we are back, and uh, it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one's an interesting one. It says, hey, Dr. Chris, <clears throat> do you have any cool tips or tricks to make a dating profile better? What questions to use? Which pictures are hotter than others? Those kinds of things. Yep, I think this is a great question. Uh, there's a lot I have to say on this. I'll start broad, then I'll get a little more specific. Um, you have to remember, you are trying to court someone, and yes, that does mean we wanna lead with our better parts, but they have to actually be our parts. So don't sell a dream, don't falsely represent yourself. Because at some point, the real you needs to get known and will be seen, and you don't wanna misrepresent. It's just not fair, it's not gonna go well, but it's also just not kind. So again, you want to share your best parts, but that make sure they're your parts. But you also want to share who you honestly are, whether good, bad, or whatever it is, because again, we're assessing compatibility. Rough example, please, you know, I always say this, maybe there's so much personal stuff in this, but for instance, if you're a big partier, I'd, if I was single and I saw your profile, I'd want to know. And I'd want to know because I don't go to bars, clubs, and I don't drink. And I'm a daytime guy. And the things I like to do aren't associated with drinking and partying and crowds. So I'd wanna know that we're not really socially compatible. So I'd be thankful if you put a lot of pictures that honestly demonstrated who you are socially. Here's the deal. You know, compatibility is about physicality, which is attractive, attraction. Then there's the emotional, psychological, like do I, would I like this person? Would I wanna sit with them and talk? Would I want to build a life with them? Would I want to travel with them? So that's the psychological and emotional. Do we want the same levels of closeness is in there? Do we have the same ethics and politics is in there? But then there's also social compatibility. If you're a drinker and I don't, that's a problem. If, if you're a night owl and I'm not, that's a problem. If every holiday means you out drinking at a party, that's a problem. 
you know, and, and for the opposite as well for you would be a problem if, if you're, you know, a partier and you stay up late and this other person gets up at 5am goes for a gym, to the gym and a hike and then likes to go for coffee and sh you know, so I want people to lead with who they are so they can be known. We're not trying to be liked. We're trying to be known. And that's the flaw. People just want to be liked. So they misrepresent. And then relationships are a nightmare because it's two people that don't have compatibility trying to make it work because they think each other's really hot. That is a flaw. So know that. Put your, make your profile such that people can get to know you. And it'll also work for you. My example was really about distance and working against you in some way, but working for you means, you know, for instance, if I was single and on a profile, I'd want to say I'm a morning person and I like museums and concerts and I would really share who I am so that the people looking for someone like me are like, oh my God, there, finally I found him. There he is. He likes books. He likes galleries. He likes shows. So you want to be honest with who you are. It will serve you. It'll weed out the people you're not compatible with. It will save you time. And it will also help you link with the right people. So yeah, be honest. We're not selling a dream. We're trying to leave with who we are. Also, this is a general tip for everyone. And y'all can fight me on this one, but we all get hung up in our ego. Someone's height and weight, things like that don't matter. They don't matter. They shouldn't even be on the profile. If you look at my face and you think I'm attractive, then you should only be wondering next about if we're socially or emotionally compatible. My height, my weight, how much money I make, those things don't matter. That's your ego. Because someone's height has no impact on anything when we're having sex, has no impact on anything when we're out to dinner, has no impact on anything when we're walking our dog, has no impact on, impact on anything when I'm there for you as a support and we're struggling in life. But we get obsessed about these searchable qualities and that's what the apps only allow us to have access to. So know that if you're really looking for a relationship, you are, have a wide net. You are not obsessed with how local you are. I'm not obsessed with their height. You just want someone you're compatible with. So you're interested in if I see their face and I'm attracted, I move forward. And then I try to find out psychologically, emotionally, I'd actually want to sit at a dinner table with you. If I'd actually want to wake up in bed with you, if I've, I'd actually want to be in a supermarket shopping with you. And then we assess sex, uh, social compatibility and then we commit and we go. So don't get hung up on these stupid factors that don't matter. And that's what a lot of people get hung up on. They need to be six foot. All right, well, 20% of the population is over six foot. So in a room of 100 people, 80 were now just ruled out. So now we're down to 20. And if they have to also be a certain weight, what percentage of that 20% is of that weight? Now we're down to 10%. So now we're down to 10 people out of 100. How much money do they need to make? A certain age bracket, a certain bracket? Now maybe we're down to three or four out of 100. And uh, hope that they're not all jerks. You know what I mean? We keep narrowing it down and narrowing it down with these useless qualities. So let that go. But we got to wrap up, y'all. That's the end of the show. We will be back tomorrow, so join us then. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out and enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.